Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. You'd swear we'd done this before. Oh, it's delightful. Delightful, Kevin. It is. Couldn't be more delightful. I said you'd swear we'd done this before. we got absolutely no idea what we're doing. No, we well, do. Well, speak for yourself. We do. Welcome to the podcast. Terrific to have your company. And have we got a guest for you? She is an absolute ripper. She's a treasure, Alison Daddo. Yep. She's just, look, apart from being just one of the nicest people you could ever hope to speak Absolutely. to because you feel like you're talking to an old friend. She's yep. that natural and, and refreshing and honest and frank and she has channeled that honesty and frankness into her book called Queen Menopause. Now, anyone who is going through the process of perimenopause, and I can vouch for this, your whole family goes through it, not yep. just you. I can vouch for that. <laughs> And look, Alison, in her refreshingly honest way, has uh, has has put the conversation out there. Let's yep. talk about it more. And it's it amazes me, because uh, speaking as a man, mm. if men went through this, there wouldn't be just one book. There wouldn't be just <laughs> Alan. I'm telling you, there yeah. would be seven. There would be a Bunnings warehouse yeah. of books. It, look, it is a minefield that. of a thing, depending on who you are and what age you're at and, yeah. and how you're handling it. So we talked to Alison about that. We also talked to Alison about some wonderful things, moving to the States when she and her husband uh, Cameron first went there and getting uh, acclimatised to uh, US American food. food <laughs> which if you've travelled there, you know exactly <laughs> we're about a minefield. what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so we've got that uh, coming up in just a tick. Uh, look forward to that. And, and the book is called Queen Menopause. It is a beauty. Now, our food poll. <laughs> well, beetroot. Not in the middle of winter. Why not? Well, exactly. Good point. You've got to have it in a burger. Because that's exactly what you think. You immediately think of beetroot and summer and salads and burgers I and all that. I think of roasted beetroot. Ah, you're not the only one, as we'll find out with the food poll a little later on in this podcast. So let's get to our guest for this week, the author of uh, Queen Menopause, amongst other things. It's Alison Datto. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Alison, firstly, we'll start with your book, Queen Menopause. Congratulations first up. And I've got to say, from my perspective, it's been an absolute godsend, not just for myself, but for my girlfriends of the same age who are going through perimenopause. I mean, gosh, why did it take so long to have a book like this? It's weird, isn't it? Like, it's such a natural occurrence that's happened to billions of women <laughs> that it's like, wait, we're only starting to really talk about this now. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I'm so glad the conversation's happening. Now, I've got to ask, uh, did, it, did it change? Does the, the menopausal thing change the way you eat and how food and how you, <laughs> how you, uh, how you view that and how that becomes part of your life? Does it change? Look, it kind of yes and no. Um, probably. I, I think I did have to become more aware of what I was eating in the sense certain foods sent my hot mm. flushes into overdrive. Um, certainly things like caffeine, alcohol, more sugar, um, spicy foods. I noticed those things would often, especially if I had them for dinner, it would. I'd notice my night sweats would, would increase. Now that I'm postmenopausal though, 
I, I'm I'm back sort of eating everything that I want. <laughs> that is good to know because um, I've got to say, especially with um, alcohol, not that I was a big drinker to start with, but I, I feel like the way that your body processes uh, alcohol and, yeah. and coffee just changes and there's no fun in that. Yeah, right? Absolutely. So it, it, that's the thing I say in the book. It, it did actually make me healthier, um, menopause, because I sort of just, and not, it's like you, I wasn't a big drinker, but I was like, okay, I'm going to need to eat healthy in order to get better sleep in order to reduce the hot flushes, in order to feel better. So it just drove me in that direction anyway. It's funny because um, we hear about when we're younger the hot flushes that come with menopause, but I think that in my um, memory is about the only thing I heard about. There was nothing about how uh, intense the hot flushes were, that, you know, like a 747 taking off from your scalp in the middle of the night and all yep. the other things uh, that come with it, the irritability, the, uh, the bloating. There's so much we, um, we, we're not told about it. No, exactly. That's the, uh, the only thing I ever saw was one girlfriend pull out a handheld fan and fan herself. Like that's the only thing I ever knew about menopause. And I was like, oh, that's fine. And I probably won't even get that anyway. So yeah. And, and for me, like I, like, you know, I've really been talking a lot about the, the mental load and the anxiety and the depression and the, and all of that, that, that can come with menopause. It doesn't necessarily mean that it will, but um, that's what just completely floored me about my experience was just where my mental state went. Yeah. Well, being in the kitchen is obviously therapeutic for a lot of people. Let's let's take you into the kitchen. Are, are you good? Yep. In, are you good in the kitchen? Are you a domestic goddess in there? <laughs> Look, I would say I'm really good at the things that I cook. Like I make the I make my repertoire well. I'm just not, I don't have that natural, um, my son is amazing, Chef. <laughs> like he's 22 and he just naturally has that gift of going, add more of this, cook it like that, let me try this, I'll just throw this in and it's always so good. I don't have that, I don't know if it's confidence or just that knack in the kitchen <laughs> to do that, but what I cook, I cook fairly well. <laughs> For someone, uh, Alison, you spent a, a large um, chunk of your life in the US and um, oh. the people we've had on this podcast who've lived in the US have all said the same thing about American coffee, that it's not very good. Would that be your take? Well, I'm a tea drinker ah. and an American tea is atrocious oh. because they have it cold. They have iced tea. So if you ask for a tea at a at a restaurant, it will come – they won't bring milk or sugar – or they'll want to know if you want it iced. And I had to educate my all my girlfriends on how to have a proper cup of tea. Um, but we, my, Cam is a, is a major coffee drinker, so he actually bought a, a coffee machine to make his own. <laughs> Fair enough. That's yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. I never would have thought about that in, in America, that, um, that they serve the tea cold and they don't it, – it's not – like the uh, the traditional English take on on tea. That's very no, odd. No, not at all, not at all. And it's weird for them to, when you say you want to put milk in it. Like, why would you do that? You know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Cam Cam learnt to love that kind of, um, you know, uh, they would call it a gas station over there, mm. but you know, like a petrol station coffee, just straight out of the the, the the silver jug. Like he actually learned to really like that. I think it was maybe from watching too many movies growing up, but. Um, but he doesn't. He actually doesn't mind it. But yeah, Australia's Australia's coffee scene is 
one of the best in the world. Yeah. What other differences did you find between Australian food and produce and, and what was available in America? When, when we first moved to America, so that was a long time ago, that was 30 years ago we moved there because I've been back five, we lived there for 25. I was horrified at the food because <laughs> I'd come from, you know, Australia, the land of plenty and beautiful fresh fruit and veg. And I found that like going to, they didn't have, um, well, they still don't have like, you know, separate, separate butcher, separate fruit and veg mm. place. Everything's under one roof in your supermarket. And I found that the fruit and vegetables were just lacking in a lot of flavor when we first moved there. Mm. Um, and I really struggled for a while with the food. And I remember my first meal was this, I don't know why I got it, but I got a meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> It's a weird oh. choice. What could it's go so, wrong? I, totally right. And I literally came up, there was this plate and it was just this mound of like, it looked like diarrhea. It just was like this mound of brown. And, and that's, you couldn't see any food under it. It was, and there was nothing else to it. And I just was like, I think I may have cried because I didn't want to move to America in the first place. I was just like, oh my God, what is it? It was so bad. But slowly but surely, we started finding the places that did have the good food and were, were good restaurants. And so we, we did end up finding those places, but they don't have things like, you know, the meat pies and the, they don't do good sausages. <laughs> um, they really, we really struggled with our sausages, but of course the best Mexican food is mm. besides Mexico, but, um, but LA has got the most amazing Mexican restaurants. So it is different. Like, and Australia here, the seafood is incredible. Where we didn't eat a lot of seafood over there. Um, I ate a lot of turkey, actually. Oh, yeah. Turkey's really good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not just at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, are you, no, are, you, no, exactly. are you a meat eater or are you a vegan or what? Where, where do you sit in that, in that uh, sort of uh, scenario? Yeah, I'm a meat eater. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. Yeah. Has your. Diet. Um, well, I mean, how much has your diet changed at this stage in your life compared to uh, to when you were younger? Um, you you were saying that um, during um, perimenopause, you you had um, cravings like a, a pregnant woman, I guess. Uh, things for things like potato, red wine, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Have you felt felt you'd had to moderate things and, and give certain things away? Look, I actually one of my least favorite things on the planet is dieting like Mm. I just hate it and I've always hated it um because I just I I really love food and I like to be able to eat everything I want to eat and I am a healthy eater so I I can't say and you know I I tend to if I have like a stodgy meal I'll often crave the next day you know just to have a meal of all vegetables or just a huge big salad so my body kind of um looks for balance in a way Mm. so I've never been a fast food eater I don't I don't ever drink fizzy drinks or you know sugary drinks or anything like that so I think I think mum mum raised us right pretty well on healthy food so that's kind of pretty much been a through line but um yeah look I do have a I do have a serious weakness if you can call it that for just salted potato chips like (laughs) like crazy when I get home from work it's potato chips and a cup of tea (laughs) I start thinking about it about two o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) so have you got more of a savory than a a sweet tooth overall 
Yeah, I have a very salty. I have a very yeah. salty tooth. Yeah, I, I do like the salty carbs. That's my that's my weakness. So no lollies and bickies and cakes and puddings. <laughs> uh, not not so much. I look. I won't say no to just a good piece of um, Cadbury's dairy milk. I do love that. Um, again, my son is an amazing dessert <laughs> maker. So he'll go through lockdown. It was crazy. It was every day we were having chocolate mousses and oh. profiteroles and, and cakes and, and he'd make croissants. And it was so, we well, had to try it, of course. But, but I've never been a, um, like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't really like cake very much and I don't like pastries very much. So I'm a bit of a chocolate mousse girl like I kind of like that sort of dessert yeah brandy snaps my mum makes you know brandy snaps oh yes I had those for my 21st birthday oh Oh, wonderful yeah they're old-fashioned but boy they're good my mum makes the best one so yeah because I'm a whipped cream lover that's my other weakness (laughs) they are addictive it's lovely that you've got a personal chef in your household yeah he's available for hire (laughs) Uh, he is he is yeah no he's great yeah he's really good one of the things I've found um Alison about the whole uh uh, menopause journey is that uh, the things that you used to do beforehand in order to to keep, I guess, your weight and things under control, they just don't work anymore. No, um, no. And that for me is one of the most um, frustrating things. Um, what was your experience of that sort of things? Yeah, exactly right. And I think maybe that's why I haven't curtailed any sort of dieting or anything in a way because I sort of did try for a bit going oh, if, I, if I cut out this and I do that and will will the muffin top disappear well it didn't um <laughs> you know and the exercise didn't shift it either so I was like well I think we're just in for this body shape now and yes keep fit you know keep walking keep pilates keep doing your pilates but I think it's I don't know for me food is just I just don't want to um I don't want to sacrifice taste or, you know, mm-hmm. I just think life's too short to sort of be eating cardboard and Vegemite, you know, just for the sake of a smaller waist. But is, is it all about accepting, I guess, a, a new version of yourself? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And it, look, it's taken me a long time to get there. And, and, and would I like to sort of, you know, still have a flat tummy sure that would be great it does tend to look a bit cuter in pants sometimes but you know at this point I'm like wow I don't mind at all I've just gotten used to my shape now so it's totally fine yeah is there anything you miss American food that you miss that you I mean you think oh Oh. I'd, I'd, I'd love one of those now and you can't get them here the thing that they uh, – how do you drink, actually? The thing that they make so well is fresh lemonade. So mm-hmm. you know how we lemonade here is that fizzy fizzy lemonade? Yeah. Um, it's like a soft drink. Over there it's like made with fresh lemons and ice and um, they make beautiful fresh lemonade over there. We All the, the kids and I always talk about that. Um, gosh, is there anything else? I think that – I think that's about it. I mean, everything else you can pretty much get here. There's there's restaurants that, you know, we would go to. Um, there's a Benihana restaurant, um, which was like that that real fun sort of where they chop the food in front of you and the, the chef does all the, the fancy mm. moves. And I think they've got them in Australia, don't don't they, where they yeah. the guy cooks you on the big hot plate. Yeah. Like the teppanyaki we, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah teppanyaki, teppanyaki, which we love our teppanyaki as well. So we used to go to Benny Hanna's um for every single celebration. So 
the fried rice there was exceptional. So I do miss that. <laughs> hey, um, Alison, it sounds like given that you do have a personal chef in your house, you're very lucky. You'd be able to hold a cracking dinner party at your place. And, and if you could invite anybody you liked, dead or alive, who, um, who would be at your table? Uh, I, this was, I mean, that's such a huge question mm. because there's so many people. Um, am, am I, and just one? You can have as many as you like. Oh, okay. You're well, paying. I definitely, yeah. Kevin said you're paying for it. <laughs> That's right. My son's cooking. Um, I would definitely have um, my grandparents who are no longer with us. So they were just the absolute most amazing, amazing people. Um, and I'd actually like to have their parents so I could kind of see a bit of a lineage oh, wow. to yeah. see where I came from. Um, I mean, gosh, I'd love to have Jane Goodall is a huge hero of mine, the lady who spent her life studying chimpanzees, David Attenborough. I mean, the stories he could tell. Um, Jack Charles, the actor Mm -hmm. here. I mean, my gosh, amazing. Um, And uh, do you know the actress Olivia Coleman? I know the name. Yeah, she played the queen in one of those royal things. She's just hilarious. So I think she'd bring the humour and and also keep the party going pretty well. (laughs) And, of course, all my my kids and my family as well, I'd want them there too. Oh, that's – do you know what? I think you're probably the first guest we've had who's who's thought of of actually inviting um, someone further down the line in your um, ancestry to do that comparison. I think that's a lovely touch. Yeah, look, I, I'd be quite happy with a whole table just of that in a way, like, and then the great, great, great grandparents. Because yeah. I'm so interested with ancestry. So it would be amazing to find out, you know, where I came from, the lineage. Alison, the, uh, the book's been a, an incredible success for you. What, uh, what's next on the, uh, on the agenda for you? Have you got a, have you got a follow up book to it or what, what, what are you going to do? Oh, look, I, there's, I've actually got a children's book that I'm writing um, and there's a couple of screenplays that I'm writing, um, one with, with Cam and then one on my own. So that's sort of in the process right now, but I, de- I definitely want to write more books, but it's deciding on what comes next. I think there's still a bit more on the ageing and menopause and um, that needs to be sort of spoken about. There's there's a since since writing the book and talking to women, there's a whole um, a facet of menopause that that going into medically induced menopause and and the mm. challenge that women find with that that I think is needs to also have a light shone on as well. So yeah, I'm not sure it'll it'll involve something around all of that, but I don't know exactly yet. Alison, just for uh, for women who are still going through uh, the journey, and it's so uh, challenging. Sometimes you just need uh, someone to to cheer you on in your corner. What's your your message for for women about what awaits them on the other side? Oh, look, and it's. I mean, it really helped me talking to other women who are on the other side, and and it, it look it was just it was such an important message for me to hear, and that is just the biggest takeaway that I found from writing the book is that um, you do get through it and there's so much more. Look, you might have to throw yourself into it, you know, to really choose to sort of have a second second part of your life that's amazing. But there's so much more freedom. There's um, And freedom from things like, you know, judging yourself and what you look like and who cares what other people think about you and, 
and changing careers, you know, if you don't feel like you're stuck in the same career, if you're 52 and always wanted to be, you know, a librarian or, you know, whatever it is, just go and do it because you've still got so many more years ahead of you. Um, and yeah, just embrace it all because I think that, you know, we, we give ourselves too much of a hard time judging ourselves for what we've looked like and what we should be, you know, and once you can drop all of that, which I feel like menopause does kind of put you through the ringer to get rid of that, then there's a lot more ahead of you. And what would you say to to us men who go? <laughs> we we go through it with you, be in yeah. albeit we want to help fix it and you know yeah. uh, do the right thing. So what what what? And I know there's a checklist in the book, but what would you what would you be your words of advice to to, to the men who are going through it as well? Yeah, the the best advice is to learn about it. Just find out, read about it. Go to the doctor if your if your wife's going to go to the doctor, um, you know, which she should. Uh, go with her. And ask her about, or if you can't go with her, ask her about what did the doctor say? How can I help you? What would be the best thing I can do for you right now? And also, the thing that helped me the most was for Cam to not see me as someone that was broken, Mm. you know, just see me as someone that was going through something and, you know, is going to come out of it probably healthier and happier. But, um, you know, and it, it takes two, like it takes, it takes us to sort of discuss things with our husband as well and share what we're going through and you know if if he can just be patient and and have a have a compassionate ear that's the best thing Beautiful. There you go, Kevin. Very good. You do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, Kevin, you were so generous with your time and having our, our chat that we had on your podcast, and it's just a lot of people have heard that, and it, I was just so grateful to you to to have that conversation with a man. So thank you. Yeah, he's a good stick sometimes. My, my pleasure. My pleasure. Exactly. <laughs> it's a very important thing that should be should be talked about more. As we mentioned, it was almost the unmentionables, mm. the change. It's so true. Yeah, and I, t- I tell you who's who's getting behind it in um, in England is Rod Stewart. Oh, Rod wow. Stewart's been going on telly talking about menopause. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So it's becoming cool. <laughs> that is the tip of the iceberg. Isn't that great? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alison, as always, thank you so much for your time. It's lovely to catch up with you. Uh, congratulations again on the book. It's just a terrific uh, book and a really important book as well. And uh, good luck for the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Alison Datto was a delight to have her on the program yeah. and, on, and on the other program she talked about, the other podcast she mentioned. There was uh, I had her as a guest on the Authorised podcast if you want to check that out and hear more about uh, the Queen Menopause book, you can do that. Yeah, you're a sensitive new age guy, Kevin. That's me. <laughs> How about a beetroot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to go and ruin it. But uh, that's the topic of our food poll well, this that's week, what I meant. Kevin. That's what I meant. Yeah, sure. Roasted. In your uh, pickled. burger, pickled, canned, who cares? Well, but let's just out. dive straight in. Are you a fan or not? All of the above. Sarah Warmby, here is a lovely response. I love beetroot, says Sarah. I remember years ago walking into a subway to get my usual salad roll and finding no beetroot. The reason... They were streamlining ingredients or something like that. I whined and she gave me a complaint card, which I filled out. Didn't hear back from them. Sigh. Took my business elsewhere. They've probably lost millions over the years because they don't have beetroot. Something to think about, Subway people. Is that so? Now, now I've got a postscript to that. Oh. 
front bar watchers uh, of the uh, show will have seen in Adelaide, Ryan Fitzgerald yeah. did an ad yeah. where he walked into Subway and said, beetroot on? And they go, no. Nah. No. Nah. Come back next. Beetroot? No. Nah. <gasps> and then they put the beetroot on and it, they actually built an advertising campaign oh. when he was at the Crows based around the beetroot being a short-lived availability okay. at Subway. So, Subway. so it is there but it's just. It's when they feel in. like having it there. <laughs> Peaks and troughs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, Kerry Rodder said if it's not a hamburger with the lot or a salad sandwich without the yes. beetroot, it's a big yay from this household. Glenn Rodder, nay, Paddo. Sue Hosking, yay. Lydia, yay, yum. Carolyn Rigby says, oh, my gosh, yes. Roasted, yes. grated, cooked, raw, oh. pickled, in a burger, a sandwich, in a salad, on its own, oh. relish, jam, Beetroot oh. gnocchi, beetroot and feta pasta oh. sauce. Anyhow, anywho, yum oh. Oh, I'm ravenous. I don't think now. we need to do anything more Apart now. Apart from the fact it makes food look pretty, like a pink yes, gnocchi. It it's very nice. Silvana, it's a yes from me. Stasia says, yay, beetroot juice is yum Ooh, too. Okay, oh, oh, I don't know. Warren says yay. Rebecca says only some places. Now, don't that means <laughs> as in venues or uh, I'm, not quite, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Sue says yay, but I prefer it raw. Helen says yes with feta cheese, mm. mint and garlic infused olive oil, lovely. Also Yo. with sour cream and mint oh. with green vegetables oh. being expensive. Now I'm buying beetroot weekly. Wow, there's a tip for you. Absolutely. Sue says I love beetroot. My dad grew them in his veggie garden. Mum would cook them up to put in vinegar, but while they were cooling, we kids would grab them and eat them like an apple. Delicious. There you go. Anne says, love beetroot on sandwiches and Subway on a roll. There so you go. There Subway you go. does them. Terry Daniel, yay, definitely love beetroot on a hamburger and have been known to make a beetroot sandwich on fresh bread. And Yum-o. Judy jumps in there and says, Terry Daniels, that's my special lunch at the moment, a beetroot sandwich with onion added, of course. Oh. Yum. Sounds so yum. Mm. Ah, Michelle Mostert says, yay. When I was in primary school, I used to like beetroot and cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Hillary says, love beetroot. Karen Young, yay. I grow ours and I preserve it. Uh, Angela says, I like beetroot. Cold, but uh, hot beetroot is ah, an abomination. Abomination. An abomination, I tell you. Tony Bennett says... Well, yes, no, stop I it. I get to be true. I'm sorry, Tony. She'll be laughing. Okay, that's enough. Okay. Pairs very nicely with a skippy steak. That would be a kangaroo <laughs> steak. Tony, oh, that's probably national treasure. That's probably not nice. Never mind. So we, we don't eat the coat of arms. Uh, Joylene says, love, love beetroot, yay for me. Lynn says, definitely yes. Anthony, beetroot juice and orange vodka. Rini says, yay, I love roasted beetroot. Julie says, absolutely, always raw, pickled and slow roasted. Tony- what about the beetroot, Julie? <laughs> Tony Tenalia says, hell yes. Jean says, uh, yummy, beetroot for me, cooked anyway. Jim Wilson, huge yay, but canned over fresh. Oh, controversial. Sam Newman is censored. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can see why. You can see it on the Facebook page. <laughs> and Peacock, not the tinned stuff. Mark Stevens says, yay, fresh or tinned. He likes them both. Stephen Quartermain in capitals, yes. Old croaky. Yeah. Yay, yay, yay. Love it both ways. Canned or fresh, canned beetroot and a thick slice of tasty Ooh. cheese on buttered fresh white bread. Simply oh, divine. Yum. 
And then about a day later, old Crokey posted this, not waiting until the food poll results are released, <laughs> tucking into baked beetroot tonight. Oh, I love old Crokey's descriptions. Yes, Delicious. Good. Dr Joe Garra says, nay. Ah. Uh, Sandy Crack says, yay, and that <laughs> even includes the leaves and stalks which stir fry really well. <laughs> Sandy Crack, is oh, that right, what you get I when know, you I go just down moved the beach? on. I just oh, moved on. I couldn't help it. Charles Holmes. Uh, got, why don't we bother to censor Sam? <laughs> like, Charles Holmes says, yay, pickled or roasted. Mm-mm. Kate Stevenson says, completely yay. Jane Barnes, yay, yay. Candace White says, yay. Darren Purchase, yep. And finally, Amanda Hughes says, oh, yay. Yeah, he loved beetroot, especially pickled. See, I love it on a burger. Me too. It's got an earthy taste about it. It's a root vegetable, isn't it? Yes. I love it on I love it on <laughs> That's this. why it's called beetroot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We're this going well. The segment's just gone downhill. You know, the <laughs> the the uh, intelligence level of this segment, <laughs> I thought it had hit yeah. rock bottom before. But no, I guess what I'm saying here, more. because it's got an earthy taste to it, it's nice to have something to complement it. So, I mean, I quite like beetroot served with, say, caramelised onions or a nice yeah. um, piece of grilled halloumi or yep. on a halloumi burger, I believe. Craig Willis is a big fan of those. Yep, yep. I like I like them. Uh, I like them obviously um, in salad rolls. I think I think mm. it, it is a salad roll if it's got beetroot in. It's not quite there if it hasn't. Yeah, quite and the, got the canned in. the canned varieties absolutely fine. Golden Circle beetroot mm. is is top of the range. Mm. There's a few that are dodgy. There's a few in the in the supermarket mm. rack that are dodgy, and I don't think the homemade brand's terribly good. Do but you know what I like? I like a beetroot dip as well. If you put it with the sour cream, yeah. it's a beautiful pink hue. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah. And beetroot juice, no thank you. Mm, no, I don't think no. I'm on board with that I do, either. I do like it. But, but overwhelming, good yes, you. once again yeah. for beetroot. So, oh, uh, good choice go. of topic, Kevin. Very nice indeed. And uh, Sam Newman's uncensored version <laughs> is on the Facebook page. I uh, hope <laughs> you've enjoyed this edition of uh, Food Bites oh, with I Sarah have. Patterson and Sam Newman. Uh, we'll be back next time. And thank you very much to, uh, to Alison Daddo for being on and uh, check out the book Queen Menopause really is well worth reading. Until the next time, <laughs> bye bye. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.